Welcome to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by Ben Tucker and Eric Briggs, two lifelong Panthers fans from North Carolina. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual observer, this is the Panthers podcast for you. Do us a favor, click on the link tree in our bio and give us a follow on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome in, everybody, to a bonus episode of the Keep Purring podcast. This is going to be a super fun discussion because we are taking a look at PFF's top 10 free agent wide receivers. We are breaking them down. We're doing a little deep dive on each of these guys and um, ultimately with the goal of trying to determine you know, if they make sense for the Carolina Panthers to go after who we would like to see the Panthers go after this off season. So um, Eric, just to kind of uh, set the stage here, wide receiver is uh, an area of need to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> we could Panthers. use a little, uh, little support on the wide receiver side for sure. We could use some support yet some, uh, I mean, let's be honest that last season, I, I don't think any of us had like, unrealistically high expectations no. for that wide receiver group. No. I mean, I remember you and me having conversations, you know, saying we need to temper our expectations, but Hey, like yep. DJ Chark, you know, he could be an exciting addition and Adam mm-hmm. Thielen's a baller. And even though he's getting older and, you know, Jonathan Mingo is exciting, yep. all that yep. stuff. And uh, it just didn't pan out. And it just, the, the issue really I think if you kind of had to boil it down, I really think the the lack of speed, the lack of a separation that they were getting, um, mm-hmm. we just we just didn't really have any playmakers on the team. I would argue, yeah. I guess, you know, Emir Smith Marset kind of came on towards the end of the season. He honestly, by the end of the season, he was probably our most exciting receiver. You know, our biggest. Yeah potential playmaker on offense. Uh I, I really I hope that they I hope that they keep him around because I God I hope they do. He was exciting yeah. to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch. He was he was one of those guys that as he got more comfortable in the game, it felt like um yeah. anytime he touched the ball, something could happen. Yeah. Exactly. He, like, you know, and I mean something him. good. You know, not like uh something fumble. Yeah. <laughs> which that could also yeah. happen as well. Good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean something he he was great with the punt return game. Uh he they started running him on those jet sweeps and yep. um lining him up outside some, getting some opportunities. So you know, I really hope he's back. I I doubt that DJ Chark will be back. Uh TMJ, no. he's you know, he's probably he's gone. gone. Got to be gone. So it's really just and then LaVisca Chenault, I mean, he's kind of the wild card. I I probably I don't see him necessarily coming back either. We'll see. I don't know. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, I it was very hard to uh, determine kind of his usefulness because he, yeah. you know, from an injury perspective, it was really hard to keep him on the field. I felt like, yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, in terms of like the Swiss Army knife flexibility side of things, yeah, um, it's hard to replace that. But we yeah. also didn't utilize it either, so. I'm not sure. I, I would. I think I would probably be okay for him to come into camp and give it a shot and let him kind of battle for that spot, depending on mm-hmm. what else we do in the off season. Yeah. Uh, but he would not be a priority of mine. Yeah. 
And then, of course, you know, Mingo's going to be here uh, for at least yep. one more season. Adam yep. Thielen's kind of a wild card to me because, you know, he's under contract. But if you listen to that that final interview that he had, you know, right after the season ended, he was in the locker room mm-hmm. and saying, you know, plans change, plans have changed. You know, this is not what essentially saying like this is not what I signed up for when yep. I came here. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if we ended up trading him, uh, if he, you know, d- wants out. Uh, so we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. I just think it's pretty clear that the receiver room is going to look a lot different Very this different. coming season. So yep. we need to look at some of these receivers and figure out, okay, you know, outside of the draft, obviously, I'm sure we'll probably draft at least one receiver. Who do we have out there? That's actually a realistic option. And uh, a couple of these guys that we're going to talk about may not necessarily fit that description of a realistic option, but nevertheless, we are still going to talk about them because they were in this this top 10 that PFF put out. Just to run through the list real quick, these are the guys we're going to be talking about. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Boyd, and Curtis Samuel. Um, just a note, I, I made note of this that because uh, I wasn't sure when it was. Free agency begins on March 13th. So okay. got a little little ways to go, you know, yep. before we get to that point. But speaking of Swiss Army knives, which you mentioned when you were talking about um, LaVisca Chenault here, I want to mention this guy. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he obviously, you know, was drafted by the Panthers and, um, I, I used to love watching him when he played for the Panthers. He, you know, he and, uh, DJ Moore here together for a period of time was a pretty good duo. The problem with Curtis Samuel has always has been his health, just his ability to stay on the field. Uh, but you mentioned like the Swiss army knife thing. He's, he is that, uh, mm-hmm. he can play that role of, you know, running the ball, catching the ball, the jet sweeps, the, all that kind of stuff. You can use him in a lot of different right. ways. Uh, so that's kind of intriguing to me, but let's take a look here at, uh, what PFF said about him. Uh, so Samuel was an efficient target in Eric Bieniemy's Washington offense, spread the ball around more than any team in the NFL, hauling in just shy of 73% of passes thrown his way with just four drops on 85 targets in 2023. Not too shabby. Nope. Uh, he was used as a ball carrier in 2023, um, like he was in 2022 and previous seasons dating back to his Ohio State days. Oh, look at that. His Swiss Army Swiss. knife skill set <laughs> shows up with a uh, good change of direction in space and start-stop ability that is above average at this stage of his career. He is 5'11", 195, 27 years old. Yep. Um, taking a look at his stats there. Um, last couple years with Washington – you know, pretty consistent to say that, you know, to say the least there, he's got 
you know, 613 receiving yards this past season, four touchdowns. Um, you know, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on? What are your thoughts on <laughs> I, I think I think he's one of those guys that like fine. You know, <laughs> I I don't and I don't mean that in like a like a belittling type of way, right? No, but yeah. he's he's not going to be one of the hottest people coming off. I, no, I, no. I think he's one of those players though that you just have to be strategic in the way that you use him, right? Oh, like he's sure. not going to line up and be a wide receiver one. That's not his deal. Oh, no. um, but you, he's one of those guys that just try to find ways to get the ball into his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't mind him. I'd welcome him back to Carolina. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, but I don't think he's one of the wide receivers that's going to come in and make an immediate impact and difference. Yeah, he's he's definitely not one of the top names um, that I'm interested in necessarily. But, I mean, I do think that he could bring a little bit of a different element to our offense. He, Like you said, he's clearly not a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really not a number two receiver either. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of like a slot guy, uh, Swiss Army knife guy, like we said. Uh, but... Um, I do think that he's an underrated route runner and he's obviously a little bit older now. He's 27, but he's still, he's very, he's very quick. He's very shifty. Um, he can break some ankles, you know, yeah. with his route running at times. Uh, and he can get down the field too. You know, he's not, he's not like a, like a burner, you know, like Tyree kill style, but mm-hmm. I think he, he's somebody who we could get, I think for relatively cheap um, and kind of bolster that wide receiver room. Let's take a look here. We're going to flip over here too. Um, So according to PFF, they are projecting him to sign somewhere around a two year um, average of $9 million a year contract. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's relatively cheap. So, uh, you know, says here, Samuel, uh, Samuel was an efficient target in Eric Bienemy's offense. Uh, oh yeah, we already read this. This was, <laughs> this is from yeah. the same breakdown of earlier, but no. So I just think he's, he's not a number one. He's not a number two. We have Jonathan Mingo. We're probably yep. going to have Adam Thielen unless something happens there. So I don't really know. I don't really know where he fits in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we don't, I I don't know that we like go out and make a big show to get him, but if we ended up signing him, then that would be cool to have him come back to Carolina and let him try to, you know, earn a spot, uh, see, you know, show us the Swiss army knife uh, capabilities that he has, whether it fits in with the new offense and what Dave Canales wants to do. uh, We'll just have to see. But uh, yeah, I'd I'd, yeah. W- I'd welcome him back. I'd like to see him play again. I enjoyed watching him play previously. Mm-hmm. We just again have to understand what we would be getting, and is he really, you know, is he going to be uh, a major contributing part of the team? Right? Like we have to figure out what our goals are for the next couple of years as an organization, mm-hmm. and whether we're trying to win now or whether we're just trying to pass the time while we get more draft picks and, and other stuff. And I think yeah. if we want to just wait till we get more draft picks, and Curtis Samuel is a great person to sign. 
Yeah, and I thought I just thought about this too. Um, this is this is a new. This is going to be a new offense. Dave Canales' offense. Yeah, totally new. So when I look at though Dave Canales in Tampa Bay, he had a guy named Rashad White, who is a very good receiving running back. He's mm-hmm. one of the better receiving backs in the league. And uh, Curtis Samuel has that same skill set. So, you know, I, 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 I could see it. Like if we signed him, I could see him potentially having a role in Dave Canales' yeah, offense, yes. but he's certainly not at like the top of my, my personal yep. list. Yep. I think we're Agreed. both in agreement. Yep. Okay. Moving on. So Tyler Boyd, um, 6'2", 29 years old. So he's approaching 30, coming off of a, a year where he looks like he played every game, all 17 games, um, just under, under 700 yards receiving. Yeah. He had, I mean, I, I've had him in fantasy a few times. Right? And he's he had some good years there. Yeah. Um, if you go back looking through 2018 through like 21, he had some, he had some really good years and he's still a good slot receiver. Again, he's not a number one receiver. He's not a number two receiver. He is a slot guy. He's a reliable yep. target. Um, for me though, uh, especially if we're, if Adam Thielen stays, Next year, right. to me, he's yeah. too—he's too similar to Adam Thielen in skill set. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will—I will say though. Oh, go ahead if you want to. Yeah, no, go ahead. You're no, I, I will say that he's remarkably um, uh, uninjured. If oh you look gosh. at since yeah. 2019, he's missed one game. That's that's wild. Yeah, one game in the last five seasons. That's impressive. And he only missed three in the last six. So in terms of, you know, who, you know, having somebody that you can depend on, he has yeah. a long track record of that. And I think that that's a, I think that's a big thing, especially because yeah. we don't have a tremendous amount of depth at the wide receiver position as it sits right now. Right. Um, I was going to say the same thing about having him in, uh, in fantasy type deal, you know, and he yeah. was, uh, he'll get you, he'll get you nine points. You know, yeah. and like he'll he'll have he'll have three catches for sixty yards, and that's that's what you're gonna get. Um, I think we I don't know that we need that though. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't I don't know that again. That adds much to the wide receiver room. It's not going to improve us dramatically. It's not going to make us a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Why Why do we do it? Yeah, I, I go back to the Adam Thielen thing. He to me he's a younger slightly faster probably not no not probably he's a younger slightly faster version of Adam Thielen yeah in 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 like the role that they would play in the offense yep. that's just my opinion um let's look at his let's look at his uh little breakdown here so um PFF said it will be fascinating to see if if and how Cincinnati attempts to keep the elite trio of Chase uh Higgins and Boyd together in 2024 and beyond, but Boyd could be the odd man out. Um, big slot receiver, solid blocking chops in the run game, rarely drops a pass. Um, posted, he posted several career low marks in 2023. 
Um, and with so many financial decisions facing Cincinnati, the Bengals may not be willing to offer him as much as other teams looking mm-hmm. to upgrade their unit over the middle. They are projecting him to garner a two-year, $8.75 million per year average contract. So that's slightly cheaper, uh, at least what they're projecting, slightly cheaper than Curtis Samuel would be. If, right. I, if I'm deciding between, I'll, I'll put it this way, if I'm deciding between Tyler Boyd and Curtis Samuel, give me Curtis Samuel for the yep. for the Agreed. Swiss Army knife, you know, yep. that he brings to the table. A little bit of X factor that Boyd doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Anything else on Boyd? No, I mean, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Be fine. I mean, <laughs> if the Panthers were to sign Boyd, I'm not going to like, you know, riot in the streets or anything. I'll. Find that no. I'll find a reason to get excited about it, but <laughs> but we're not making an emergency podcast episode off of it either. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. All right. Next up, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one. Odell Beckham, 5'11, 198, 31 years old. Yep. Just had a Decent season, decent outing with the Ravens. Missed missed a handful of games. Uh, we all know there. You know, everyone who's watching this right now knows what he can do. Yeah. But well, reality, we know what he used to be able to do. We exactly. don't know what he can do. We know is what he used to be able to do. Well, what he can do now is be a reliable possession receiver with the ability periodically to, you know, stretch the field if he can get behind the defense. But he's not going to be like a game breaker like he used to be. He's not yeah. He's not a number one receiver anymore. Um, I honestly, just the way I frame it in my head, mm-hmm. I sort of lump him in. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get some uh, some hatred for even – putting him in this category. I sort of lump him in the same category, at least in my head with Adam Thielen again. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that Odell Beckham is a superior talent to Adam Thielen. I'm just saying at his age and the production that he's had, I mean, look at, look at the last, look at his last one, two, three, his last four years have all been underwhelming. And he's had yeah. so many injuries too. I'm try- I was trying to find this. I <clears throat> in in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Coming down the stretch of of their last game, he was he was showing out. Uh, I mean, he was uh, in my mind. Yeah, I could be totally uh, off base, but from what I remember, he had some clutch catches. Um, oh yeah, you know, in the playoffs this year. I yeah. think he can still give you that. He's not going to be, you know, the one-handed catch that's on the cover of Madden, right? Like we we need to not expect that. Yeah. Um, but I I think that if Thielen leaves, this is the type. Like I wouldn't mind this signing. He's not going to come in expecting to play every single down, every single game, whatever. 
Um, but he talked about a veteran presence. The dude has been through some things. Oh, yeah. Um, good teams, bad teams. He's seen a bit of it all. You know, he's not going to – you're not going to catch him streaking down the sideline, you know, after, uh, you know, running away from the <clears throat> defensive back. Yeah. But you need you need a dude to go get you 15 yards, you know, then yeah. you're then great. <laughs> he's he's going to be able to do that for you, and he's going to do it relatively well and efficiently. Yeah. Uh, so I I definitely wouldn't mind him. Uh, I'm not sure how much you know tread there is left on those tires, um, but I'd be willing to give it a shot. So in your mind, he's sounds like he's definitely an upgrade over over Thielen. I don't. I, I'm not sure if he's an upgrade over Thielen, but if Thielen leaves, then I wouldn't mind. You know, having you wouldn't him mind him as out. a replacement. Yeah, and and I'm not <clears> sure that he's going to perform exactly the way that Thielen did, <clears> but he the the talent is there, and if he has one more year left in him, <clears> I don't know. I'd be I'd be willing to give it a shot and see what happens. If nothing else, you know, maybe from a name recognition, people might want to come see him too. Something like that. I don't know. Right. But I I I, <clears throat> I think that if he has something left, he has the talent to show flashes of, of what made him special earlier yeah. on in his career, we could probably do with having some of that, you know, we, we could use some flashes. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on it. Uh, this is interesting though. Uh, PFF pointed out Beckham progressively looked more and more like his old self as mm -hmm. 2023 wore on his 90.0 receiving grade from weeks nine through 14 trailed only Tyreek Hill among wide receivers. So um, back half of the year uh, or that, that kind of middle section of the season, he was really playing super well. I mean, yeah. it, he's, I think he's got another year or two left in the tank that's what, of like, that's what I'm saying. Solid play. If it's, if it's there, I don't mind it at all. You know, we're we're two years away in 2021 uh, for the Rams. Um, <clears throat> he had two touchdowns, 288 yards in the in the postseason, uh, 21 receptions. Right, so like the mm -hmm. not I'm not you know, obviously not in one game, but he was pretty darn effective as yeah. the Rams were 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 on that run. Um, I, I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. If he has some some tread left on the tires, he has one or two years. I would I would absolutely love for him to come play play for us. I think that there's a lot of intangibles that he can bring as well. What do you think of the of the contract? I mean, they're projecting him to get a one year deal, ten million dollars. So I mean, that's that's not exactly breaking the bank, you know. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing: none of this is my money, so I will happily spend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, give him twenty. I don't know. Well, like, well, here's the, the the issue with all of this, and we'll we'll talk more about this as we get towards the more like blue chip guys yeah. at the front of the list. But we only have so much money to spend. We've got to make a decision on Brian Burns. We've got to make a decision on uh, extending Derek Brown. We've got to make a decision on Frankie Louvu. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, we have the cap wizard Brent Tillis in the house now, so he should be able to, you know. He should be able to yep. work something, some work magic. his magic there. Yep. Um, so I have I have faith. I have high hopes. But yeah, Odell Beckham, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll say this of the three guys that we've talked about so far, I would probably rank them just of like order of how I would prefer. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would go Curtis Samuel, Beckham, Boyd, maybe with Samuel being yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I, I think there's an argument either way. Again, it really depends yeah. on how much, how much Beckham has left in the tank. That that truly is. If he's yeah. got two years and he's going to give us, you know, 800 to a thousand yards. Okay. That's a, that's a good addition to what certainly an upgrade over what we had uh, this year. Yeah. All right. Next one. Gabe Davis. So it says here, Davis is your typical vertical threat out wide, averaging more than 15 yards per reception in every season of his career and coming down with a fair amount of contested catches with good high-pointing skills. However, he does not have the fastest release off the line, does not snap off in breakers with a sharpness to create separation over the middle, he will help stretch the field outside the numbers for an acquiring team and can have some huge outings, but he can also be absent from the box score. And I'll say again, from a fantasy perspective, if you've ever had Gabe Davis on your fantasy team, it is the ultimate boom or bust. Yeah, that it really is. You, you play him one week and you he might pop off for 40 damn points. You play mm-hmm. him the next week, you're like, oh my God, he was amazing last week. He's going to be in my flex. He's going to be my yeah. flex this week. And he gets two points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he kind of disappears. He kind of disappears at times, which is, which is odd. Yeah. He's feast or famine, uh, yeah. you know, and to me again, yes. Uh, he's a rel, you know what you get with him, right? I don't want to say he's like yeah. a proven commodity because it's nothing to write home about, but you, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what his skill set is, you know, you're going to get, you know, 500 to 800 yards uh, a season, and that's going to yeah. be what it is. The real thing for me is we already have Smith Morset. Uh, if we keep him around, you know, to be able to stretch the field and have some of the the speed um, yeah. that that made him flash, and we saw, you know, special things in the preseason of last year. Um, but do the. the the other thing is, yes, we're going to need to stretch the field more than we did this previous season. Yeah. But are we going to be able to do anything with it? Right. Like that. Like, are we going to be able to get the ball to somebody that is going that far down the field? We got to protect Bryce better than yeah, we exactly. did previously. Um, so, again, I think whether we go after him kind of comes down a little bit to what we feel like we have in Smith Morset. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's exactly it. I mean, that is true. Uh, Gabe Davis can. Of the guys that we've talked about so far, certainly, he can take the top off the defense. He can get yep. past the secondary deep. I mean, he's got, uh, like it kind of alluded to there, he's got one of the highest average depth of, of targets in the NFL over the last few seasons. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like Josh Allen is constantly um, throwing bombs to him down the field. Wasn't it yep. that one game? I think it was a playoff game where Gabe Davis had like five touchdown catches. I think it was either last year or the year before. It was oh, just absolutely man. absurd. I just remember being like, good God, man. That is at that time. I was like, man, is Gabe Davis like the next big thing? <laughs> um, and the answer to that was no, he's, well, no. he's just Gabe Davis. <laughs> he's just Gabe Davis. 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think that he's one of those guys that if you can utilize him, then awesome. But we would have to have we would have to shore up some other places to true truly be able to utilize him as he stretches the field, I think. Yeah. Taking a look at his again, uh, another one year deal projected. That that's the thing, is like I can um I can buy into some of these guys that we've talked about. I can definitely buy into them a little bit more if we're giving if we're handing out one year deals, like one year yeah. prove it deals. Because mm-hmm. that's what we did this year with DJ Chark and and obviously he did not prove it. <laughs> and uh yeah. I mean I don't want to com- I don't want to like completely like trash on the guy. Like I I still think DJ Chark is a solid football player and he's done a lot of good things and he had, he had two or three really good games for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Packers game was fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Um, so until I, it wasn't, I like, I like DJ Chark. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think that he's, uh, I just think he's at a point in his career where he's certainly not a number one receiver and he's probably not even a number two. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just, I like seeing these projected one year deals. Like I can, I can get on board with, with some of that. Um, so Gabe Davis is interesting. He definitely of the four guys so far, he definitely provides a little bit of a different element. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, let's go to the next guy. Who is it? Oh yeah. This guy. Darnell Mooney, um, small, 5'11", 173. Man, he's smaller than Bryce, uh, weight-wise, yeah. at least. Uh, so I'm going to read this little blurb here from PFF. So in, in his second season in 2021, he put up over 1,000 receiving yards, 81 receptions, um, but since yep. then he's dealt with some injuries. Um, and to be fair, you know, being on the Chicago bears up until this year, when they got, who was that one receiver that they got, uh, that the new guy, I can't, what was his name? It, he was good. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore. Is that who it was? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's I, good. I think that's what, I think that's what it was. He, he came um, out of nowhere. He he really did. I, he you know what? We should go. We should try to trade for him. That's what we should do. We should oh go God. try to trade for him. Yeah, you are a genius. Listen, I'm going to be in Dan Morgan's seat before he knows it. <laughs> uh, the point is, up until this season, when they got DJ Moore, when when they were gifted DJ Moore from us, the Bears have not been like this prolific passing team. They just mm-hmm. have never really been that. And so I would, I would argue that maybe Mooney's skill sets, uh, skill set, his talents maybe weren't fully, you know, utilized while he was in Chicago, but, Mm -hmm. um, you see there, I mean, damn, like this year was really disappointing. If you look at his stats, he played, played in 15 games and only like less than 500 yards receiving one touchdown. Yeah. That's not good. Again, you had DJ Moore. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm. Um, you know, uh, 
it just is what it is like that that's not i was trying to pull up um justin fields like stats by by year mm-hmm. um yeah okay here's his here uh, this will put some of the yardage into perspective okay in 20 in 2021 this is wild in 2021 justin fields uh now he didn't play every game he only played 12 but he only threw for 1870 yards in 2021 in 2021 okay played 12 games and threw for 1870 yards Darnell Mooney had a thousand yards in that same season. So the highest yards that Justin Fields has had was in 2023, and that was 2,500. So they're not throwing the ball. He, what balls do you want him to catch? <laughs> Seriously, like he's yeah. just—he's he, not in a position to yeah. to succeed. He's just not. Um, he's not going to do anything in that offense, especially when DJ Moore came in. He's going to be the focal point of what they're what they go for. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought I was excited. I remember that 2021 season. I remember Darnell Me too. starting to pop off. Me too. And I, I, I truly thought that as we came into 2022, he was he was going to be a dude. Not mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe not like the the best guy ever, but like I I truly thought he was going to kind of take that next step, yeah. And he followed it up with a sub five hundred uh, yard season. Um, so I don't know. This he's one of those guys where it's really hard to know what you're going to get. Right. Um, you know, do you get him in 2021 when he was on the precipice of doing something special? Or do you get his 500 yards, which made up almost 25% of all of Justin Fields' yards? I think it is kind of hard to know what you get, but I think it is safe to say that, like, at the very least, you're getting a a guy who has wheels and can, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, he can streak down the field and run past everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's, that's the one thing that you know for sure that he can do. He's not yeah. he's not a super versatile receiver. Uh he's not a not a number one. He's not not a number two either. Like we said that I've mm-hmm. said that like five times now about these guys. But um he's a complimentary guy. Now I will say he's the reason he's a little enticing to me is I think of all the guys we've talked about so far, he's the fastest for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a burner um like i said not super versatile uh not a number one not a number two but if we need a guy like a i'm thinking back to like the ted ginn jr days you know mm-hmm. if we need a guy mm-hmm. like that that we can That's just good. like hey man run go run as fast yeah. as you possibly can and you know we're gonna give bryce we're gonna buy him some time and he's just gonna launch it downfield to you you know, if we get the look that we want, that's a little bit enticing because we don't have, like we said earlier, what who do we have on our team right on our roster right now that that has speed on offense? Just no Smith Morset. Smith, I mean, it, you know, well, Smith and but even he isn't like a burner, like it, like yeah. like a Darnell Mooney would be. Yeah, um, no, I think that I think that the the Ted Ginn Jr. I think that's I had I had not thought about that before. I think that's a great comparison. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. I think, uh, I don't know. What does it say for what he's, what we have to pay him? How much do we have to pay him? 
Yeah, we're at nine million dollars. Like David Tepper finds that in his couch cushions. So, you know, go grab one of these guys. If we can grab him, I think I think that what they said is right. He could be a great buy low. Yep. Yep. So far, I'm Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, um, Curtis Samuel. Like I could really see a role for them for either of those guys, but man, Mooney, Mooney, his speed, his speed is really enticing to me. And he's only 26. Yeah. He's only 26. Yep. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at it. Now I wouldn't want that to be the only move we make. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. We there, there's so much to be seen in the offseason. Who yeah, in the yeah. hell knows what we're going to do? Um, but I think you're right. I think that the important thing here is to look at do we feel like they have a place within you know what we're gonna be trying to do? Yeah. I think Darnell Mooney can stretch the field in a way that we had nobody to stretch the field this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I kind of look at it too in a way with all this, like beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. We are we are the bottom dwellers of the NFL. We're the worst yeah. team in the league. Uh, we have yeah. arguably the worst receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. We just need some guys that that are fast and that are playmakers, you know, and that can provide a different element to this offense than what we've had. And yeah. um, I'm, you know, I, I hesitate to like, I don't want to like turn my nose up at some of these guys just because they're not, you know, a number, a true number one mm-hmm. or even a number yeah. two receiver. We, we need to just get good football players. We need good pieces. Yeah. We need good people. Pieces. We need people that are, you know, their guys are going to come in here and work their ass off and understand that they're not winning the Super Bowl this year, uh, right. but they're going to be part of trying to make something better. Um, and if, if we can find guys that can come in and do that, then let's sign them and let's get rid of the guys that don't want to be here. Agreed. All right, now now is when it starts getting kind of fun. Calvin Ridley. Um, man, I remember when. Do you remember the draft uh, when we when the Panthers drafted DJ Moore? We could have picked Calvin Ridley. It was it was either DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Calvin Ridley went to the Falcons the very next pick or like two picks after us or something yeah. like that. And, and I just remember kind of thinking to myself, like, Oh God, like, did we make the wrong pick? Like, man, Calvin Ridley is, yeah. is electric. And then that his rookie season with the Falcons Ridley's remember that it was, yeah. it was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of his coming out of college. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of the SEC, of the SEC and um, I enjoy watching that football and mm-hmm. so i was i was familiar with him uh from a wide receiving standpoint mm-hmm. and uh i was i was and still am like kind of excited to see what he can do because yeah he came into the season in 2018 but like take two take two uh years out of that mm-hmm. right because one year he was like hey i just can't do it i need to back out and then yeah. he had the, the gambling stuff yeah. so you know Yes, he's a few years older or whatever, but also doesn't have the wear and the tear that you would expect. In his last two real seasons, uh, he had over a thousand yards in both of them. 
So, I, again, like I, I think that could be a really good addition if if we can find a way to make it happen. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, just because I don't. I mean, I don't follow the Jaguars super closely, but I didn't realize he had a thousand yard season this year. Yeah, I didn't eight either. touchdowns, thousand yards. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, let's take a look here. So, he returned to play 2023. Of course, like you mentioned, missed all of 2022. Did have some drop issues um, yeah. this year, but uh, still proved capable of taking over a game while breaking off a series of explosive receptions. Explosive. Um, that is not a word that's synonymous with the Panthers. Uh, no, we we, did, we were not accused of that last year, for <laughs> sure. No, we were not um, not accused of that. Not confused with that. It's that that word. We, that's what we need. We need explosive playmakers on this team. Yep. Yep. Um, I forgot. So I was just looking back at his stats because I was curious uh, how you know like what he had to do to get to a thousand yards because he just barely made it. Um, he closed out the season in a 106 yard, six reception and a touchdown stat line. Nice. And, uh, and then he opened the season last year with seven receptions, 122 yards, um, a little ho-hum in some places kind of in between, but yeah, you know, again, he's going to have to have some of the rust knocked off, uh, not having played for a year and a half. That's, that's tough to come back in. Yeah, and he he can be electric. Let the man, you know, get used to catching the balls again, whatever. But i I think he I think he would be okay. I do kind of have some reservations, mm-hmm. um, just because of the reasons why he missed, you know, over a season and a half. Mm-hmm. But if he can come in and and be a dude, then. I would love to see that. I mean, he might be kind of like the poor man's number one, you know, um, if he can come out and capture some of the the magic that he had before. A little bit like Beckham, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, he he's going to be 30. So he's, from that standpoint, I mean, like there's some younger guys, obviously, on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be 30. I don't think he's... I don't really think he's a number one receiver. Uh, I was listening to the, I don't know if you've ever listened to the underdog fantasy guys, uh, Josh Norris. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about him and they said that they felt like he was a little misused in Jacksonville. Like mm-hmm. he was kind of forced into that role of being the X, mm-hmm. being the number one guy, the number one receiver. Okay. Um, you know, they they just felt like he wasn't utilized properly um, yeah. for some of the season. So I think if if he were to come here, uh, I, I don't think he would be really a number one guy either. I think he could be a really good complimentary piece. I mean, again, I'm not going to turn my nose up at a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. You know, yeah. So, um, but looking at his contract, he is. He is going to be commanding, uh, you know, a heavier price than 
some of the guys we've talked about yeah. so far. Um, and I don't know, again, we don't, there's so much we don't know about what's going to happen with, with Brian Burns and Derek Brown and Luvu yeah. and the draft and all that stuff. So who knows if we're actually going to have the money to be able to get one of these guys. Uh, I do think it's, I do think we'll get one of the guys on this list of these 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know who, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Calvin Ridley. I wish he, I wish he was 27 instead of going on 30. But uh, again, he missed but, a season and a half. So in terms yeah. of wear and tear on the body, he's closer to 28 than, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 40. So saying 28, great. I could get out of bed a heck of a lot easier at 28 than I do at 40. Uh, but I don't know. I, I say that kind of in jest. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he would be a great addition. Um, is he the guy that we're going to ride on the back of the Super Bowl? Nope. But is he somebody that can come in and uh, provide us with some electric plays and, um, you know, maybe maybe show us why he, you know, should be getting over a thousand yards? You know, I I don't yeah. know, but I do think that he could come in and contribute to the team. He would not. He would definitely be an upgrade over some of the guys that we had this year for sure. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. I think that's a, I think that's how we should look at this. Is Hey, a lot of these guys that we're talking about would be upgrades over what we just yeah. had this season. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm locked in on, you know, somebody that's going to provide an explosive element to our offense. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I want somebody who can provide, who, who's a playmaker, who can potentially take the top off the defense, who can provide an explosive element something that we haven't had here in quite some time which is why this next guy is uh somebody that i might be this might be my number one pick on this list of um not necessarily like in an ideal world i would want this guy as my number one pick but in in a more realistic sense yeah this guy might be at the top for me um tell me why Hollywood Brown. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this little blurb here real quick and then I'll talk about him. So, uh, you know, he's had some injuries, you know, traded from the Ravens to the Cardinals. I keep forgetting he and Kyler Murray, um, were our friends from college. They played at Oklahoma together. Uh, but you know, it says here he's flashed when he's been in the lineup. Um, it's it's hard to come up with a solid comparable player for a five foot nine hundred and eighty pound <laughs> wide receiver. Um, yeah, uh, and it's also fair to wonder how badly Arizona wants to extend anyone given the team's timeline and the emergence of rookie wideout Michael Wilson. Um, Marquise Brown. Uh, okay, he's fast. Number one, he can create separation pretty easily because he's so yep. fast. And he's so quick. He's so tiny. <laughs> he's so just itty bitty mm-hmm. out there. And, um, but no, he's quick. He's fast. He's elusive. Um, he has that yards after the catch ability. He can make people miss and he can stretch the field. Yeah. 
he's kind of i don't know if he's as fast as darnell mooney but he's faster than what we've what we had this past year and again Mm -hmm. going back to that what does he what will what would he provide he would provide an explosive element to our offense something that we have not had in a while right that's why i like him yeah um i I think, you know, I've never looked at him and thought he was going to be the number one receiver on a team. No. Right? Right. And as I look at the Panthers, that's kind of what I'm trying to find for us is a number one. Is a number one. I mean, we, we have to have somebody that can dependably, you know, kind of catch the ball. I think that he's an upgrade over the other speedsters that we've seen on you know, the list that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, And it would be great to grab him. But again, like he's, he's not a player that you're going to build a wide receiving core around. And he's a complimentary piece. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to get excited about complimentary pieces. Uh, It it just, it just just is. Um, So for me, would I like to see him as part of the team? Absolutely. Uh, Do I think he's going to be like the difference maker that we need? Mm, Maybe. Not necessarily, but I think that um, he's kind of like that that Gabe Davis, uh, where you know he can go off for three touchdowns and 156 yards on five catches. You know what I mean? Like if he if he's able to break three uh, free from you know uh, yeah the secondary. So I would love to see him on the team. I don't know that we need to like you know sell the sell the farm to be able to get him though. Well, we wouldn't have to because he is projected for a one-year deal um, around $12 million. Who knows? Who knows what it'll actually end up being, but I go yeah. back to what we were saying earlier. Like if, if, if we can grab, if we can grab a, a Marquise Brown or a Gabe Davis on a one-year deal, just like yeah, a sure. one-year proven deal, then, and, and we have the money, like we can, if we can feasibly do that in addition to extending and re-signing our, the guys on our team who we know that we need to, like mm-hmm. Derek Brown, Frankie Louvu, those guys, um, Burns, who knows what will happen with him. I'm Sign me up, you know, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Um, again, he's not – I agree with you. Like, he's not a number one receiver. He's not somebody who's going to be like this – you know, monumental difference maker necessarily, mm-hmm. but he does provide a different explosive sort of element to our offense that is lacking. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Now we're getting, now we get into the top three and these are guys who uh, could end up staying with the, staying where they are. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's going to depend. Now this is, this is the really, really, this is the interesting one. This is the interesting one. Um, we have his offensive coordinator now, don't we? We do indeed. And we have his uh, wide receiver coach. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, they were only in Tampa Bay talking about, of course, Dave Canales and Brad Idzik. They were only there for one year, but it was a very successful year. You can see... I mean, Mike Evans had almost 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns. Jesus. 
the dude's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, th- look, one, look one, at one hundred percent. He's look, never he's never had, had a season. That's right. He has ten straight seasons of over a thousand yards, and also look at the games that he played. He's That's played absurd. almost every game That's for the last ten years. It is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. <laughs> Are we going to get him? Probably not. Um, Probably not, but you never know. But, but you know, hey, it's like it's like um, dumb and dumber, you know? So what's my chance? Like one in a hundred? No, more like one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance, right? It's yeah, like, it, exactly. it could, it could <laughs> happen. Um, <laughs> it could. Uh, and I do think that if he was going to go to the worst team in the NFL uh, to close out his career, Hall of Fame career, Mm-hmm. that maybe he wants to go play for two coaches that he just played for last year when he scored 13 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. Uh, but I think that we're now into the, t- into the, into the place where these guys are going to be tough to pull away from the teams that they've been contributing to for so long. Yeah. And I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, mean to throw a wet blanket on there for you, buddy, but I, I just, again, I'm the realist of the two of us, and uh, this one, this is far-fetched. It is. It, yeah. it, it's it's more likely that he's going to stay in Tampa than yeah. anything. I mean, that's yeah. where he spent his, his entire career. It would just, it would make sense. Um, yeah. It depends on it depends on what his priorities are. Yeah, he's He's won a Super Bowl. Maybe, I'm sure he would love to win another one. But maybe that's not his number one concern right now. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go somewhere where he knows where he knows people, where he knows he could be comfortable, where he knows he's gonna get the ball. <laughs> he's the ball's yeah. gonna be thrown his way. Um yeah. and he can continue because I'm sure he wants to put up another thousand yard season. Make it eleven sure. in a row. Yeah. Uh so Here's the issue, the other issue with Mike Evans. The money. Yeah. You gotta come he up is the going to be expensive as shit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if we have that. We probably don't. We probably don't have that. Based on all the other things that we have to that That's we have to use trick. our cap room for. Yeah. Uh I, I don't know, man. Like that's just so much money. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw what it said a second ago about paying him Devonte Adams, uh, money. That's tough. Like that. I, I know he's really good. I know he is. And I don't know, maybe I just have like something as part of my soul against this man, but I just, I don't, I kind of expect the wheels to fall off. I don't know why, but like, I just oh, like, expect like that, physically with him. Yeah, like physically, like he's played so much football. It's like and some at some point it's the at some it's, point it's got to got to give. Yeah, something something has to. I mean, I really and, hope not because I want to see him continue to do well, and, and, unless he's with I the Bucks, and I don't. But but him. man, like it's just and maybe that's why I don't like him because he was he played for the Bucks, you know, right for the whole time that we've yeah. been shitty. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like with him. Man, it can't last that much longer. Like, I, I, if we were signing him, I would constantly be fearful that like something bad is about to happen, and that that's going to be what it is. I, don't know. I get that. 
I get, I do get that. Somebody on Twitter, um, I, I was it a couple of days ago. I posted just a photo of Mike Evans, and I was like, "What would your emotion be if the Panthers signed Mike Evans?" Because I just wanted to. I was just curious yeah. what people would you be happy? Would you be mad? Like because he's too expensive? Like what? And uh, somebody kind of responded and said that uh, you know it doesn't make sense to to bring in somebody at his age because we're, we're basically just going to be renting him for like two or three yeah. years. And I, okay, I get that. I understand that, but I would to play devil's advocate because we all know the devil needs his advocates. Um, what, uh, I would also make this argument. Bryce Young's rookie season. Catastrophic. It was bad. Uh, he, if you're if you're telling me I can have a future Hall of Famer in Mike Evans, even mm-hmm. if it's only for two seasons, for Bryce, uh, a reliable target, uh, 6'5", what is he? Yeah, he's 6'5", um, catches just about everything thrown his way. He's a deep threat. And I mean, if you're telling me that Bryce Young could have somebody like that to throw the ball to and to build up his confidence over the next yeah. couple of years. I know. I, I, and I, I see that I'm, side of I'm it. I'm all for it. But at the same time, it's it's just not it's not feasible uh, financially. Yeah, to me, like I, I get that side of it. And that's the only redeeming portion of it is yeah. Yeah. be the Adam Thielen when we already have an Adam Thielen. Like that's that's kind of what it would be in terms of the veteran presence come in. Yeah, but he provides blanket, a way pro- different element than Thielen. I know, no, no, I know, but I mean, in terms of in terms of like the veteran wide receiver component mm-hmm. to like to for Bryce, right? Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Maybe we would get that much value out of it. I don't know, yeah. but I would much rather us go out. Uh, sign a good offensive lineman, sign some other things that we really need to, um, and some younger players that if we're playing them three years, you know, $23 million or whatever, that they're 25, they're not yeah. 30. Yeah. Um, at least that's where I'm sitting on it. I don't know. I might change my mind as we go kind of through the offseason and see what happens with everything else that we do. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I want, I, I kind of want that one to work, but I just, my brain won't let me say it's a good idea no i get it i get it all right michael Pittman. this is another one um even more so than mike evans i could see i could definitely see michael Pittman going back staying with the colts yeah uh he's also a physical freak 6'4 223 uh great season had over a thousand yards um catching passes from Gardner Minshew who's you know pretty good backup quarterback mm-hmm. um yeah from everything i've heard he's probably not going to remain on this list because the the colts apparently the colts have just like a treasure trove of cap space and the mm-hmm. he he is like a perfect candidate for the franchise tag with the colts yeah. um in fact let me switch it on over here. <laughs> yeah, it says it right there. Franchise tag. Plenty of holes will be poked in Pittman's game as he gets set to enter free agency. 
with some athletic limitations. Um, nonetheless, Pittman is as reliable a possession receiver as there is in the NFL. Um, had 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus receiving yards. Yeah, he, he's going to get paid uh, most likely from the Colts. Um, yeah, And frankly, frankly, if we were going to spend this as much money as he's going to command, if we were going to spend that much money on a receiver, I would prefer it to be the next guy. Uh, but what are your thoughts yeah. on uh, Pittman? Yeah, I think that, you know, I always kind of look what's what's in it for Pittman, right? Besides the money, like in terms of a culture, a place to play, who he's going to be playing alongside, um, you know, and maybe he's excited to play, you know, alongside Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, hey, he Anthony Richardson's electric things can happen. He played, yep. you know, uh, he had some really, really good moments early in the season. Um, so I, I agree. I think Michael Pittman is kind of one of those guys that I've personally kind of slept on like for a yep. while. I don't really like he never really stood out to me again. He's one of those guys I knew because of fantasy. And other yeah. than that, I really didn't follow him yeah. all that much. Um so I kind of have to take other people's opinions on this one. You know what I mean? Cause I, I don't, right. I don't feel like I have enough to kind of really formulate my own opinion, Yeah. but I think that he's in a really good position with the Colts and he, from a um, season outlook perspective, he has more going with the Colts than I think he would have with the Panthers next year. Yep. I agree. All right, let's get to our last guy. The white whale, the big kahuna, T. Higgins. Sweet T. Oh, yep. boy. I I won't lie. I will not lie. I really want T. Higgins. Yeah, you've been talking about him even during the season. I like will really week want eight, T. Higgins. you were already talking about uh, T. Higgins. I mean, a lot of – a huge chunk of Panthers Nation wants T. Higgins. I mean, mm-hmm. he's – to me, uh, significantly more enticing than Mike Evans because they're they're similar size, uh, yeah. similar skill set, uh, but one of them is twenty five and the other one is thirty one. Yep. Uh, and you know, there's been this whole narrative around T. Higgins that I just, I want to be honest, I don't understand. And maybe some of you guys out there that are list that are watching this right now feel this way. And if you do to each their own, I'm not judging. I just don't understand it. There there's this narrative surrounding T Higgins that, um, he's not a number one receiver, that he's not capable of being a number one receiver. And I call bullshit on that. (laughs) I call bullshit. Yeah. Okay. He's played on the opposite side of Jamar chase. And I know you could make the argument that, well, you know, Jamar Chase being opposite Jamar Chase actually helps him because, you know, he takes he takes uh, Jamar Chase draws so much attention from the defense, so it makes it easier on T Higgins. Yeah. Whatever. I, I I don't look at it that way. When you watch T Higgins, even back to his Clemson days, he is physically dominant. He's a good route runner. He has phenomenal hands. He can high point the ball. He can, you know, 
contested catches. You hear this. I heard this the other day and I thought it was funny. Um, I believe it was T Higgins. They were talking about, uh, uh, 50, 50 balls, you know, when you just throw it up, um, well, T Higgins refers to them as 80, 20 balls because he's going to come down with it? it most of the time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I love that confidence. Like yeah. But, he, but he also backs it up out on the field. Cause I mean, you throw that, you throw the ball up to him, like really like eight or nine times out of 10, he's, he's probably yeah. going to come down with it. Uh, I was he's just, just, I was he's just impressive. looking yeah, I was just looking because I've I've had that narrative in my mind about him just not being a number one guy. And I was yeah. trying as you were talking, like I was thinking about it and I was trying to look up like the Bengals old wide receivers because I just I always felt like he was the number two wide receiver on that team. And I don't really know why. But it's just Well, his rookie know. season, I'm trying to remember. I think it was um, AJ Green was um like he was he was the dude for for a while and uh I, I don't know why, but like in my mind, he's always had somebody ahead of him that so he wasn't really able to shine. And I could again be totally making that up, but in my mind that was the narrative. And I yeah. don't think I'm the only one in that. I don't know where yeah, we got it. Not. I don't know where we got it, but I do think that it he just comes across because of having really good wide receivers there as the number two, not taking into account the fact that he would probably be a number one if he wasn't sitting by not sitting, but if he wasn't playing alongside Jamar Chase. That's what I'm saying is if, if yeah. he was, you could probably name, you could probably name, I don't know, 20 NFL teams, 20 other teams other than the Bengals that he mm -hmm. would be the number one receiver on that team. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's probably accurate. I just, I think yeah. his the positions that he's been in, yeah, from uh, like who's around him standpoint, either he didn't have other people that you know the other uh, pieces in place to allow him to really thrive, or yeah. he's got Jamar Chase that's catching balls uh, from Burrow instead of yeah. him. You know what I mean? And I, so I, I think just by the uh, a victim of his circumstances. Yeah, he's never really been allowed able to shine in the way that he possibly could have on a totally different team. Absolutely, he, if he, you can't tell me that if he went to um, a different team where he wasn't alongside a Jamar Chase, mm -hmm. that if if he had a fully healthy season where he played all all seventeen games, you can't tell me that dude couldn't put up thirteen, fourteen hundred receiving yards and you know ten to twelve touchdowns. I mean, yeah. he's. He's that physically dominant. Um, yeah. He's he is very enticing to me. Now the 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 situation with Higgins is similar to that of um, Michael Pittman in that he's probably going to be franchise tagged. Yep. Um, they gave a monumental contract to Joe Burrow. Um, I think that was maybe before this past season started. Mm -hmm. They've got to, also they've got to pay Jamar Chase coming up and that's happening. <laughs> they will, mm -hmm. they will pay Jamar chase. Yep. Uh, so there might not be room for Higgins in that equation financially, but he will be franchise tagged. There's no way in hell that they're going to just let that dude walk in free agency. Yeah. There's no way. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, you know, for us to get him, 
Because what they can do is they can do a, I think it's called a non-exclusive franchise tag where uh, teams could still execute a trade for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is uh, what would you have to give up to get yeah. him? Yeah. Now, I've seen some people throw this out there, and I want, I want your opinion. Okay. I'm not even 100% sure how I feel about this. If the Bengals franchise tag T. Higgins mm-hmm. and the Panthers were interested in, in trading for him, hang on. Let me finish. <laughs> Would you trade, um, let's say, two draft picks, one this year and one next year, not a first-round pick? Well, we don't have one, so that would be impossible to trade. I know. Next year. I mean, <laughs> next year. But let's just say, let's say it was like a a second round pick and a third round pick, or a, or a third round pick and a fourth round pick, two picks and Brian Burns. No. <laughs> like, if, you know, no. Uh, I mean, I, I I think I think we're in a position where if we're going to get rid of Brian Burns, then we need to get we need to get picks back. We need to we need to get like yeah, not a player. We need right. That's what I'm saying. Like we need we yeah. we gotta have we gotta have younger talent coming in here, and it's gonna be really hard to do that when we don't have first round picks. Yeah. So not saying I don't know we got a 33rd whatever, but I'm not saying that we trade. We, we try to go get a high number one pick or something, you know a first rounder yeah. this year. But I think that if we're going to give up an asset like Brian Burns, who admittedly didn't have his best season, fell well There's short a lot of, of that. yeah, yeah, but fell well short of a lot of the statistics that we had anticipated seeing in terms of stat, uh, yeah. you know, sack numbers and whatnot. I think that his value is way higher than what his stats were in 2023, and other teams recognize that. Absolutely. So if we're, if we're if we're going to move him, we we have to move him for something serious um and if not and, and, and to be fair i'm t higgins ain't it um for me in terms of like we t- trading him two draft picks and brian burns i it's no. it's an outlandish it's an outlandish yeah, scenario yeah. i get that but but for me like i i recognize the the position that we're in the cupboard is relatively bare for trades we either have shitty players or good players that we don't necessarily want to trade or we think that they're you know we, we want a whole lot yeah. for them and, and other teams may not be willing to give it to us so we don't have a lot of those players that you'd be trading for a third or fourth round pick or something like that at least yeah. <clears throat> from where i'm sitting um i i would just i'm i'm in the i'm in the boat of let's go get a lot of young players let's just mm-hmm. go get a whole lot of young players and let's let them suck for a year or two or something like that. Kind of, you know, but hey, good that's news. the only way that we're going to be able to do it. Is we got a head start on that, on the sucking. We did. We did. <laughs> Unfortunately, we might have to we might have to endure a couple of more years with new players sucking. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I just, I feel like we really need to have the correct expectations. We need to put the people around Bryce to help him continue to develop. But we have to recognize that we're really shooting for two to three years out um, from a a real success standpoint. 
Yeah. And I don't know that we, I don't know that we trade for somebody like Evans or, you know, or I don't know that we sign these guys or try to go get them um, for, for that. Right. Like we're not going to be making it to the NFC championship game next year or the year after. So do we really go, you know, blow what little capital we kind of still have left to go get somebody that if we're being honest, would not be utilized to their greatest capabilities in the next two years, probably. Yeah. It's, it's why, you know, the, the T Higgins, the Mike Evans, um, those feel like pipe dreams for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just probably not, it wouldn't be a sound decision to yeah. pay all that money considering we yeah. just, finished two and 15. And so that's why, that's why I said, you know, a little while ago that if I'm looking at this list of the top 10, uh, free agent wide receivers going into this off season, like if I had to narrow it down to one guy on that list, who's kind of at the top for me, as far as like a, an actual realistic option, Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm going, I think I'm going Hollywood Brown. I think, I I think I'm going either Hollywood Brown or Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting away from Calvin Ridley. I had a buddy of mine I was texting about with this and he was like, you know, going out, talking about us going after old man uh, Ridley and you know, how long he's going to last and that kind of stuff. And, uh, shout out to you, Brian, if you're listening. Uh, but I don't know. I've I I think I like Ridley. I think he gives us the the highest chance of having a number one wide receiver. I don't know that he that he absolutely is going to be that. But looking at everybody else on the list, I think he has the highest probability of being able to come in and do that everybody else is just going to kind of be filling roles, I guess. And I did like your point that you kind of made about his, about Ridley's age that he Mm -hmm. he's, he's going to be 30, but he missed a lot of time. Yeah. And there's not as much tread on those tires as a normal 30 year old wide receiver. Yeah. I mean the 30, a normal 30 year old wide receiver uh, is way more banged up than Ridley should be at this point in his career. Um, so I, listen, I don't know what he, what he's going to end up commanding on the, on the open market and how much people are going to be willing to pay him. But of the 10 people that we've talked about today, I think he has the highest likelihood of coming in and us saying his name a whole lot, Mm -hmm. you know, like when we're next year, when we're next season, when we're doing this again, talking about Ridley and, kind of in the same way that we talked about Thielen again, not necessarily the same play style or whatever, but just a, cons- a, a constant, uh, a constant guy for, for Bryce. And again, I don't know that we build around him. I don't, he, he could be bad, but I think he has the highest likelihood of being the, the best realistic option for us. And listen, he just finished a season with the Jags where yeah. he had over a thousand yards, eight yeah, touchdowns. In a season where uh, a lot of people have have said that he was kind of misused or mis- miscast on in that yeah. offense, 
he still was able to put up a thousand yard season and eight touchdowns. So yeah, I I'm with you. I think I'm with you on that. I think I know you're not as high on Hollywood Brown as I am. Um, those are the two at the top of my list. Now, if something, if something wild happens and we do end up somehow getting a Mike Evans or a T Higgins, Oh, I'm going to get excited about it. You know that. Of course. But it, but yeah. but it'll be it'll be a, an analysis of like what did we have to do to get them? <laughs> yeah. What did we yeah, have to do? They're not free. Up? They're not they're it, not free. Exactly. Which is why I'm like, "Hey, let's go get let's go get a Calvin Ridley. Let's go get a Hollywood Brown. We've got Mingo who hopefully develops more in his second year. Hopefully we can have Adam Thielen stick around and be that slot receiver, that number three receiver this year, another, you know, the safety blanket sort of for Bryce. Let's also go get, let's either in the draft or free agency. We need a, we need a, like that Sam Laporta guy from the lions, the tight end. We need somebody Mm -hmm. like that at tight end. We need a, you mean Hayden Hurst. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yep. Forgot, forgot about him. (laughs) Thanks yeah, for reminding yeah. me. No problem, buddy. Never mind. No, we no already problem. have our Sam Laporta. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I liked. I was excited about the Hayden Hurst signing. Me too. I was. I when was. The, and I didn't mean to do it, but it was just funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, but no, and and then and then in the draft, there is a. I know you haven't looked into it as much as I have right now, but like, man, I know we don't have a first round pick, but if we do pick a wide receiver at thirty three we are going to be getting a really good player. Like there's five or six different guys that are probably going to be available at pick 33 that can come in and like immediately um, make an impact. So I'm excited to see what we do. Um, I think we've got the right person at the helm. That's right. This is what I wanted to make sure I said. Um, Dave Canales, the dude played wide receiver. He's been a wide receiver coach. Um, he's been around some great wide receivers. He knows what good looks like. That's what I like yeah. about Dave Canales. Yeah. He knows what good wide receiver play looks like. Um, he's coached it. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, all those guys, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, like all the guys in Seattle, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. So no, we don't have players like that at the moment, but he knows what good looks like. So hopefully... Mm-hmm. You know, the combination of um, Dan Morgan and Canales, you know, the brain trust over there can go get us some players. Go get us some dogs, as Dan Morgan likes to say. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, listen, the offseason holds a whole lot of unknowns, yeah. um, not the least of which is how the Panthers are going to be run. Um, you know, from the front office perspective. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Again, I'm I'm waiting for them to show me. I got really yeah. excited last year, and I'm going to be excited this year too, but I'm just going to try to kind of temper my expectations. Um, and hopefully we can, we can overperform instead of underperform, uh, you know, in the off season. And as we're, as we're looking for 2024. Yeah. So what do we got next? We uh, obviously we've talked about it. It's the it's the off season. So um, you know we might try to do 
like a mock draft episode at some point. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, and we got free agency starting, you know, middle of March. Yeah. Um, and we'll have the draft and stuff coming up. Uh, so you know, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll keep in touch with with everybody listening and watching. Um, when there's something that we need to you know need to talk about and um, have a little episode, then we will certainly do it. Yep. And you know, maybe we do another one of these if you guys like it. You know, if if people enjoy it, then um you know let us know yeah. and uh we will we'll, we'll do more of these things for sure yep i agree all right well that's gonna do it for us tonight thank you guys for watching thank you for your time thank you for your support we really really appreciate that and um if you could just do us a favor don't forget to like subscribe hit the bell icon we would greatly appreciate that ha- have a great uh, rest of your week And uh, until next time, keep purring and keep pounding.